Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phidias Club. This is episode 80, a special on Thailand, where we cover a number of topics from society to culture to politics, with a nice, uh, fun bit at the end about uh, technology and how Thailand is a mobile first country. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Phileas Club. This is an episode where we're going to be having a one-on-one conversation with uh, Letad. Did I, did I pronounce it right? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. So this is a special. Um, we're going to be talking about a specific topic. In this case, it's uh, Thailand. So it's a little bit different from our usual episodes, our regular episodes, if you're used to that. Um, we usually talk with different people from different parts of the world with, about uh, the, the news topics and international news, things like that, that have happened over the past month. And uh, every once in a while, uh, we do a special where we uh, specifically discuss the you know day to day the world views the things like that with one um person that might have some different opinions on things from what we're used to and um simply because they're from a different part uh, of the world at least for me and uh this is especially true since we reached the uh goal on Patreon that allows us to do that on a regular basis so uh thank you so much to the patrons who are making this possible we uh went above the 500 bucks uh goal and so we're going to have these regularly now not every month but uh every once in a while and so thank you so much you know I've talked about the support uh a lot in the past few episodes and it's been uh, tremendously motivating for me to to get to see that kind of thing. So um, again, thanks a lot to the Patreons for, to the patrons. Patriots is the name I call my French language podcast patrons. That's the really clever play on words. See, they're patriots. Um, So anyway, it's not about Patreon, Patreon, it's about uh, Thailand. And uh, Letad, some people might have heard you in previous episodes, um, but maybe we can take a couple of minutes to for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, just to be clear, you are from Thailand, currently residing in Bangkok, so you're the real deal. Uh, yeah, I'm 100% Thai, born and raised, although um, to talk about my background, there was a brief period when I lived in the U.S., so About five years US when you accent. were a kid, right? Yeah, when I was 8 to 13. I cool. lived in Maryland in the USA. Excellent. And you're about 30 now, right? About 30, yeah. I'm 31. Okay. So, um, and you work in IT? Yeah, I run a, like an e-commerce platform built for people around this area. Yeah, think of it as like Shopify, but built for conversations such as Facebook chat, Facebook messenger, which seems to be, you know, conversational commerce seems to be all the rage in the tech 
industry in the <laughs> West right now. <laughs> so this is, I think we're going to get to talk about uh, tech and IT in Thailand, because that's an area which a lot of listeners might be interested in, uh, given the, the kind of shows I do. Um, but before we get into that, I had a couple of more, I think, mundane and possibly dumb questions, but that's okay, because I don't make any secrets of my uh, silliness. Um, but one question I had was, first, you know, the, the image we have in the West of, or at least I have of Thailand is mainly a, a tourist image, because that's the, the main uh, contact we, we have with the country. And the only time I went there was for tourism. And I think there was a little bit, there's this uh, idea in uh, rich countries where that, that we are sometimes going there and it's fantastic, it's super cool, but we're exploiting um, the local population a little bit because we're, we're exploiting the lower wages and sometimes the conditions that might not be um, as good as they are at home. And so we're, we're sort of cashing in on cheap holidays and on cheap vacations at the beach. How is... Right. And I know tourism is obviously a big part of your uh, country's economy. So I'm wondering how you guys see tourism as an industry and those uh, tourists that come and don't know anything and just want to lie on the beach or maybe go to a couple of temples. You know, how do you regard them? Yeah, actually, tourism is very important for us. So we don't actually see it as um, exploitation at all. Um, I mean, tourism, there is basically, I would say, three types Um, one is what you just said, um, you know, just like people coming from all over the world because, you know, the food is great but, but cheap. I mean, everything's cheap compared to your part of the world. Um, the other part is, of course, the parts that go to the red light districts. And then there's the third part, you know, the people here like to call them like the sex pads. Um, and then the third part would be kind of like the more premium um, tourists that actually spend on more premium items and tours and hotels. So um, in terms of like the first part, which seems to be what you're referring to, or the vast majority of the people that travel here, we, we love that. You know, it's not like the wages that we have are like um, unsustainable. I mean, it's just basically what we earn for our quality of life. Um, so, I mean, the more you come, the better. Um, the what, what we don't like is people that, you know, just come in and don't spend on anything. <laughs> so, so come in but how can you not spend on anything long, you're going to be eating yeah. you're going to be right you can't not spend yeah as long as you're spending something and it's on local services um don't you know the money you're spending is not like we we, we make profit on those you know it's not like you're spending and people are not making a profit on those items so i think tourism is like a large chunk of our income So please come and exploit us. <laughs> Spend on the cheap food and services. All right. But, yeah, but it's interesting because, you know, like since, you know, I've, I've heard tourists say like our service is so good. Um, it's basically because like, you know, our, our wages are cheap. So I would say the quality of the service per like by each person is not necessarily great, but we have a lot of people doing the service. Oh, so you, know, you have you know like three I mean? people yeah. doing the job of, of one person, uh, but it yeah, makes things up like self Yeah, things like self-service checkout doesn't make sense for us. You know, you go to this gas station, like having you do your own stuff. It's like, why would you do that when you can have someone help service 
putting in the gas or helping oh, the cashier right, checking right, out yeah. things like that. Yeah. So so for us, what we look at thinking, oh, this is great service is just that it's so cheap that you can do it with people instead of having self-service or a machine or something like that. So you're going to have several people taking care of you. Um, yeah. When you come here, but is that, yeah, I am. so uh, sorry to interrupt, but is that sure. uh, the case when you go to the, uh, you know, gas station, are you going to have someone clean your car and then fill up the tank for you and not do it yourself? But, yeah, because this is local, do. right? Yeah, it's it's the norm. Um, it would be considered bad service if no one did. Mm. And they just come in, they wipe the offer to wipe the windows for no charge. Okay, it's just because labor is cheap. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it makes sense. Um, you mentioned something when we say service is good. I think we also mean, to an extent, the image I have of Thai people is that it, they're always. You guys are always happy and smiling. And I'm sure that's not the case, but I'm wondering if you you genuinely are, you know, it's kind of a, okay, I'm going to manage to offend like a billion people in one sentence uh, and literally a billion people because I'm going to talk about India. But it's the image I have of Thailand is a more, you know, Thai people are slightly more rugged version of uh, Indians in that they seem to be uh, uh, in a happy, in a good mood all the time. And I'm sure it's not the case again for both Indians and Thai, but it, it is that is there any truth to it? Is there some uh, you know life philosophy that makes you guys uh, uh, a little bit happier than we are? Or you know, it's one of those things that we didn't really realize until like foreigners started commentating on it that like Thais are always smiling and happy. You know, then as a society, we kind of realized, you know what, we kind of are. <laughs> um, I think it comes from like a culture of um, it's similar to we have a word called grang jai it means like lose it's similar to like you know you don't want to bother other people for things you know it's like oh don't go over to their house they're busy you know I don't want to disturb you because you might be working on something um, and it's that kind of culture where we, where we like to the, the norm for us is to smile and not like disturb other people and be a good guest so I mean it's like you said um, we're not necessarily um, happy but it's a norm for us to meet when we meet other people it's just polite to be smiling and so kind and kind that's an important part of the equation um, so is that sort of masquerading maybe your real feelings because I know that in Japan you know you have uh, Honne and Tatemae, which is the inner feelings and the f face you present to everyone. And they're often very different. And of course, in any society, you're not always going to speak your mind. But in the case of Thailand, is that sometimes you're angry or unhappy and you still have to smile? Or is it like you're genuinely more uh, happy, smiley in general, uh, as well as it being a trait of the society? Yeah, I think we've come to realize that as in general, I mean, it helps that we are very forgetful as a peop as like a society. Um, we forget about recent history pretty quickly. So, um, you know, when dramatic things come, we get together and after a while we just kind of move on. Um, so it's easy for us to move on. And um, yeah, in, in general, I mean, the best selling industry is always related to entertainment. And the movies that ties make that do well are always like feel good. 
So I think we always like we are not very confrontational as a society, as like in our culture. So we are, whenever things do get heated up, we're always bad at handling it. So give me so, an example. If you get if you get into an argument with a friend for something mm-hmm. I don't know semi serious. And of course, again, it's not going to be one example is going to encompass the entire population, obviously. But what would be the typical Thai reaction to, you know, someone, I don't know, for example, uh, you paid for a full lunch and someone was supposed to reimburse you half and they forgot and they didn't do it and they're, they're not paying you. Do you like forget about it? Never mind. Do you get angry or this might be a silly example? But hmm. Let me think about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I like to, I'm not like the normal Thai. I'm just trying to think of a, like a normal Thai would happen. I think what would happen is they um, it's silly. Um, since we're bad confrontation, what often happens is like they would not bring it up, but like they would like gossip about it to people around them. Ah, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. So when things get bad, they get bad. You know, we gossip around because we are not good at like facing the truth. We don't like to confront others. So, so there's if, a lot of talking behind people's back. So I think related to you, like saying, is it like, are we actually happy? I mean, it's not our true feeling. We're not necessarily sad, but we're not necessarily like in a good mood. Mm. So what would happen if that person that is being bad mouthed had just actually forgotten, hears about it and, and wants to react to it do they go to the person and say hey i forgot about your money you know here it is or do they sa- start ba- bad mouthing them <laughs> in, yeah most know. often times it goes into bad mouthing oh wow. um okay. yeah it's it's in our culture like in bangkok um in and um, keep in mind most of what i'm saying is basically bangkok culture so mm-hmm. like, quote unquote um city people culture um but what would happen would be Exactly. They would start bad mouthing or not understanding why they like it. And they're just like, instead of confronting them and clear, clearing the air, they just be like, oh, that person's stupid. And they might gossip about them instead about how stupid they are. Mm. Um, yeah. And so, so what I was going to say is that in the city, there is, uh, people like to say there's a very clear distinction between, quote, Thai companies and international companies in terms of culture. So people tend to like to prefer to work in international companies because yeah. it has a more, yeah, it, it, it has a more, you know, fair work culture. You know, there's less politics, there's less gossip because of the management direction to like clear, clear the air. Whereas in local companies, there's just always constant gossiping behind back, um, you know, playing up to your leaders, sucking up for positions and things like that. Interesting. So it's basically... Yeah, when a, go ahead. Yeah, when a Thai company has a good management structure, it's a saying that, like, yeah, it's managed like an international company. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Like when IKEA, yeah, IKEA came in here not many years ago, um, or IKEA. Um, when they, when they, when they, they advertise, they say, like, okay, we're half joint venture, half of it is Thai, but we get the international management structure, <laughs> not the Thai management. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, yeah, company politics on steroids, I, I suppose. Yeah, in the local culture. So does that uh, positive view of uh, international companies extend beyond just the management structure? Like, do you, do you prefer international brands or are they, you know, more luxurious? Or, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily talking about uh, mm-hmm. uh, tech or maybe hair products or whatever, you know? 
It used to be. You know, it's it's really interesting. And we're in the time of change. Um, maybe I would say three to five years ago, definitely, um, we would always prefer international products. But you know, I think um, the new generation with um, things like social media and the new generation of like being more open-minded and actually judging things based more on function and quality of the form rather than just I'm oh, sorry, just the brand name. Um, has given more, a rise to being accepting of locally designed products if they look good. Hmm. So branding is everything, good design is everything. And um, if you get you know celebrities to endorse it, then people are more accepting. Thai celebrities, obviously. Thai celebrities, yeah. This I don't know why this, uh, what you were saying now, conjured in my mind the image of uh, a busy... Thai Street in Bangkok, which actually, when I think back of my trip to Bangkok, does not correspond at all with the cleanliness and, uh, uh, you know, very well-ordered um, image I have of actually being in Bangkok. But it leads me to another question, which is, how modern is Thailand, and maybe more specifically Bangkok. I don't know. I'm guessing the two are different, but mm -hmm. it's. A, I yeah, know it's a vague right. question, but I'm sure mm -hmm. it, it it's a question that might come to the mind to many people. Yeah, how orderly is it, right? Well, no, how modern, you know? Modern, how, okay. Yeah, do you have like super old Mercedes like you might see in some uh, uh, Middle Eastern countries that still run mm -hmm. because they're built like tanks and lots of tuk-tuks that are, yeah. you know, very yeah. uh, noisy and... Uh, uh, have a lot of uh, yeah. pollution and I don't know do you all use yeah, modern you computers and, and, and phones or I, I, I don't yeah know. I know what you mean um, I think it goes back to what I was just saying about like we are pretty much more modern nowadays so I mean the people that would st stick by the brand like no matter what you know uh, only European cars for example um, I think they are maybe ages over 60 or something so there's less of them So um, people that drive old Mercedes are more like usually nowadays are more doing it because they they're doing they like vintage style like mm. actually acknowledging it. Um, and then in terms of modern, you know, we it's 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 hard. The modern is such a broad term. I mean, if modern refers to being organized and orderly, we are far from it. If modern refers to modern technology, you know, being having the latest items, then we are very modern. Um, we have usually, you know, everything new comes to us pretty soon. We have the like top class facilities. But this is in Bangkok, which has, you know, the poorest and the richest within the same, like the blocks next to each other because we don't have a clear city planning. Mm. Yeah. Um, and we can, our city, the, I think, you know, going back to the politics and gossiping, the, The way we are as a society, you know, it comes a lot from social hierarchy because um, we, you know, we still have like a royalty and social status. So um, I think everything like stems from there. And we also have a culture, you know, our culture of non-confrontation also leads to, you know, just letting things be and right. forgetting things. You know, we are not like strict in like you know if work comes out not perfect we are like oh okay that's fine mm. okay you know, we're not perfectionists really hmm that's interesting how do you approach that aspect of your 
you know, I guess it shows in in work ethics and uh, everything. Yeah. How, how yeah, do you, I mean, because you you run your own company. Is that something right. you're faced with? With your, do you have employees or? Since I've always been in Thailand, I would say maybe my standards are low. <laughs> but but um, luckily, I mean, from what I hear, I mean, when, when I finished work, I worked at ExxonMobil in IT. So um, I've always been privileged to work with people that are, you know, have higher quality standards. On the other hand, my, um, my girlfriend runs a hotel. She works with a bit more... Um, I think is it blue collar? Yeah, it's not. Blue you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I also one of my business partners also run like dealerships, which like more blue collar people, and they say that like is the standard is just very different. Um, mm. We're like very laid back. So I'll give you an example. Um, we have an issue where the blue collar work and especially labor, you know, in factories um, nowadays is not there's it's very hard to find ties. Usually, it's people from like Burma, Cambodia, simply because Thais would not like are too lazy, don't like gr grunge work, um, and we just have no choice. And people, we, uh, maybe two years ago, we raised the low the income. The I'm sorry, right, right, right. For it. yeah, 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 the, the, the minimum the income, yeah. minimum income, right, yeah. Yeah, and then the fa people, factory people, were like the managers were like the issue. It's an act. We can handle the higher minimum income. The problem is we can't. We can't it's hard for us to find like legal ties to work in the first place. Mm. But is it because I mean, is it because the the ties are in a society that has higher standards of living now, and so they would aspire to uh, different kinds of jobs, or is it just because they just don't want to do that job, which requires a little bit of rigor? Yeah, I think we are. We don't want to do the job that requires a bit of rigor. Really, um, it's also that's yeah, a good thing. Though, isn't it? Isn't it kind of a? It know. is. Um, mm. You go to restaurants um, nowadays, even in Bangkok. You know, some a lot of waiters and waiter to, waitresses don't speak Thai that well. Because you know, they're foreigners. In, yeah, yeah, there are so, yeah there are people from countries around here. They're foreigners, mm. and they work harder. I mean, people always say. That, you know, these foreigners work harder than um, Thais. That is less. so. So the foreigners are the the foreigners that do low income jobs are regarded mm. as more virtuous, I would say, than the, yeah, the many only, Thai workers. Yeah, the only downside is they don't speak Thai that well. But <laughs> if they can get if they can get them, then they're really happy because they work hard. You know, they try their best. Um, you don't have to teach them like they're more service minded because they're they try harder. That's a very different approach than what we have here, you know, in our Western countries that are becoming more and more nationalistic and where we think, mm. well, those foreigners are there. Basically, there's no those foreigners are coming to take our jobs uh, mentality yeah. is what you're saying. Is that the um, case? It's what can I say? It's. Yeah, I guess that's the case because, like, ties. I mean, like, the managers are complaining like they would prefer, they would like to hire ties, but you know, they keep getting disappointed by it. Mm. So, what do the ties do that have you know blue collar jobs when they realize? I think well, they find these guys like, are. Yeah, I think they find like office work, like clerks, 
you know, cler- cler- clerical type stuff to do. That's what my guess, because we don't actually have a pretty like low unemployment rate. Okay. Um, so there yeah, must be like some that. some workplace dynamics happening there that mean yeah, this, there's mobility. Yeah, they seem more it's more comfortable. Mm. And so they can more, go be lazy uh, in clerical work. Yeah, it might be more, they say it's more respected, <laughs> things like that. Of course, know? of course. Even though if you actually, um, and they, like the people selling food on the food stalls are looked down upon, even though if you calculate, those people are pretty rich. <laughs> they earn more than most office uh, workers, you know. You know, it's kind of a similar thing here with people like uh, handymen and, uh, you know, people who are going to fix, right. fix your pipes and uh, fix right. your fridge and stuff like that. Um, they're not very well regarded, I'm sure, in most uh, Western countries, but they make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, hand, the, the good quality handymans here, you know, they come in in, like, Toyota Camrys, which is considered, like, a good car here. You know, it ties Dutch people by what cars they drive. <laughs> That's um, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah even though, like, the most average office worker might use, like, a lower-priced car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing. Status is everything. Um, people like are judged by like the cars they drive. Mm. So um, people like we have seven hundred percent tax on imported cars. Oh wow! But, okay, so if yeah, you can afford to have a yeah, so if you can afford to have a foreign car, then it means you're really rich. Yeah, yeah. Once you're rich, you buy a Mercedes, a BMW. Mm. What, what so car? then the real rich. What car do you have? No, maybe you don't have to answer. I, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a contrarian, so I always I, my car is like about 20 years old. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, where does it show other than in the car that status thing? Is it like I don't know jewelry or the kind of uh, clothes you wear? I'm sure it is, but yeah, the older generation where um, where it's not. I don't know an easier way to say it, this, but more um, attached to the country or the brand rather than the actual quality. Mm. As in saying they don't actually have real like taste, they just do it because like, okay, this is considered like famous brand. Um, they those would also judge others by like um, we wear gold, you know, right. gold necklaces, right? So they would wear gold necklaces, and also um, there's a market for um, uh, images of uh, Buddhist monks. Right. So it's necklaces. I don't know the proper word to say it, but it's just um, kind of like Buddhist or, relics, or, icons, yeah, icons yeah. on those necklaces. So they just buy that, and then you know they flaunt their um, Rolex watches. You know, it's funny. I'm, some listeners might know I was actually born in Lebanon, and I get a definite scent of Middle East in the description you're giving. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, you're right, because, you know, um, our Buddhism is actually mixed in with, which is, you know, the primary religion of the country. It's mixed in with a lot of Hindi. Um, Buddhism usually isn't very, you know, spiritual in terms of um, spirits, ghosts things like that, or um, astro- ast- astronomy. Which one is the uh, which one is the actual looking at stars? Astrology or astronomy? Astronomy. Astrology is the other one that has more yeah, yeah. signs. So astrology, is, astrology is very big here. Um, Buddhism, real Buddhism is actually very um, scientific. But, you know, in Thai Buddhism, there's like 
if there's a strange mark on a tree, then we go to worship it for lottery numbers. Oh, really? <laughs> mm, yeah. So, so, so we actually have a, yeah, a lot of uh, Indian and Hindi influence from hmm. back in the day. So how big of a role does Buddhism have in the country? The years we use, oh, um, so the current year is 2017, right? Um, the calendar we use is actually the called the the so the calendar 2017 is called the Gregorian. Yeah, ca- it's the calendar, Gregorian right? calendar. Yeah. yeah, we use um, the Buddhist calendar. What year so is it for you? It's, it's two five five. The, sorry, two five six zero. Oh. Two five two thousand five hundred. Sixty. Sixty. Okay. Yeah. Twenty-five. Sixty. Twenty-five. So 60. I think. So what yeah, happens so maybe, in in the next five hundred years since you lived there? That I would be interested in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. I, it was a joke. I understand how it works. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's everything is since it's I think it's more than over ninety percent of the population is basically everywhere without people actually realizing how much influence it has. So everywhere there are like um, places to worship um, uh, images, of, icons of uh, monks, mm. and every you know every you know ceremony has like monks coming in to um, pray, okay, chant. Let, let me go back to the calendar. There um, is sure. that the calendar that most of the population uses, like on a daily basis. That's what you use. Do you have the same months? Do you have like uh... only the year is different. Oh, only the year. So you still have January, February, etc. Um, yeah. I guess that was adapted at some point. Um, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, if it's only the year, it's not too big of a deal, I suppose. Yeah, so everyone remember, has to remember both the years. We use it pretty interchangeably. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're talking about, uh, about uh, religion. I'm wondering uh, something about uh, um, Islam. Because you said mm-hmm. uh, you told me that your mom is actually a Muslim, and I'm guessing there are there's a, a part of the population that's Muslim, right? It's about three percent, three percent, I think the official oh, so number. Um, most, yeah, most of the core, most of the people that are in, um, it's mostly they mostly live in the south. Okay. So I'm a bit different that I was. My mom was born and raised in in Bangkok, so we are a bit more. Um, less strict in terms of religious teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, we are more modern. Right. Like, um, yeah, like my grandfather taught my mom that, you know, to go ahead and learn the other religions and, um, you know, study and follow them. Only don't do just the things that we are not allowed to, for example, um, worship non-living statues, mm-hmm. things like that. Otherwise, and just, you know, go do meditation, go listen, it's fine. Okay. Um, I think it's because since we live in, we are not living in like a holy Muslim area. We are just more open-minded because we're right. not using religion to govern each other. So actually, that's uh, uh, a question. I don't know how uh, uh, specifically Thai your answer is going to be, but um, I had a question about uh, Islam in general, and of course, it's always in the news with terrorism and uh, extreme uh, views, and. I wonder how you or your mom or maybe Muslim people in that part of the world, you know, in the, in Asia, right. um, relate to that. Is it completely foreign? Does, do you feel like it concerns you? Or, you know, if it's different from people in the Middle East, which are clearly uh, targeted by these ideas. Right. 
Right. Um, it's in- I think it's interesting. Um, it goes back to what I was saying that we are bad at con- we, d- we like to avoid confrontation. Okay. So I Seems think like that a good tool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, I think there is an underlying um, not hatred but dislike for Islam because of the news mm. of like um, Muslim like extremists. But um, people don't actually say it out loud. They say no, it's not politically correct. But um, the the dislike comes more from a lack of understanding, like all over the world has that it's not really Islam the religion, mm. or, but you know just a core group of uh, people. Okay. I mean, not a core, sorry, but a small group of people, but uh, extremists. But you know, I, I've caught riffs of it every once in a while from people that are a bit more. Usually, the type are usually more hot-headed. Mm. You know, they would be like, make you know the wide statements about like. You know those Muslims, like I hate Muslims, things like that. Like, why do they have to do this? Mm. Um, but then, usually, when that happens, someone is like, "Oh, um, the Tan is um, a Muslim," and then they would just like end it because <laughs> we don't like because people don't confront each other here. <laughs> right, right, right. But but yeah, I mean, there's uh, going back to your question about how prevalent uh, Buddhism is. Um, in recent years, since along with all the political unsettlement, there's um, some there's been core groups of uh, extreme. I would call them, I guess, extremist Buddhists that have been calling for Buddhism to be like have a more um, prominent role and official role in the in law and in governing. You know, wow. actually, ha- yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And, extremist Buddhists. How, Extremist Buddhists in, it, in a Buddhist country. That's, but I mean, the, the image we have of Buddhism is the, the one religion that is absolutely peaceful. I understand that's flawed right. for and there are many examples, but so mm-hmm. can you give me examples of what an extremist Buddhist would ask or demand or do? Mm-hmm. So just basically be unaccepting of other religions. Um, what they wanted to do was, you know, have Buddhism be... I, I, I'm probably going to get this wrong, but I'll do the details. Cause, but what they wanted to do was kind of like have Buddhists be officially like the national religion. Mm. So in a way as to like saying that we're not accepting of other religions. Um, yeah, some, something like that. And I think my, my theory about this is having come from like a multinational religious background is right. I, I don't think we mentioned is, oh, it but your dad is a buddhist so my you dad have is a, buddhist. a lot of yeah okay yeah my father buddhist and the school i went to was a christian school mm-hmm. so i've been exposed and studying it I, i've always been curious about religions and how they work i think it's basically like and also you know how my mom's family is so open-minded even though um muslims in the south aren't as open-minded mm. um i think it's just like when religions is used as when everyone in the same area has the same religion, often it is used and taken advantage of to, uh, to govern people. So even though Buddhism, Buddhism at its core is pretty peaceful and they don't have really, since it's such a new religion, um, in Thailand, it's been taken advantage of, um, the, the extremist groups is like, the way, what, what would happen is like to show their power, they would close major roads in the city to do um, a kind of like a sabbatical walk mm. just to kind of like 
even though they don't actually have to, you know, people outside that group would say they don't actually have to do it. But that group is just kind of like um, a passive aggressive way of showing power that they can have, they have the influence of actually being able to close major roads just to do their, um, you know, like sabbatical walk to pay respect to um, spirits. And the, I, I'm, I found the stats now. Uh, Islam is 5.5% of the country. Uh, Christianity is just 1%. And Buddhism is uh, over 93%. So the country is kind of de facto uh, Buddhist already. Um, there isn't, right. It doesn't really seem like you would need to state it as uh, the country's official religion. But um, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So is that... Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, the group I'm talking about, um, I guess I didn't explain it in detail. It's like they're very rich and they've managed, they've managed to gain a following of people that are very, you know, rich and influential. So, I mean, I think that's kind of... When, when they have their own large um, temple area where if you go into it, you get this very eerie, scary vibe of something being, you know, a cult. You know, oh, I mean, okay. the people. I don't think they would they would like that. Maybe use that word, but it has that kind of feeling. Mm. Um, but yeah, how big so of a kind of extremist. how big of a societal force are they now? Is that something that you feel is a? And I don't know how much you can talk about because there are some, you know, yeah. there's a lot of political instability, and I, I you know, so. But how big of a, a political and societal force have they become? Is it recent or? They have always been underlyingly influential, but they actually usually stayed out of politics until recently. Um, their last, you know, attempt to kind of like have more influence has not been actually successful, but people are more aware of it. I think they're just trying to, you know, push to see how where how far they can go. Mm. Um, but basically, um, I think one of the once they, they were they were pushed back and you know being like. Some of their major players were pushed back for, you know, exploiting their, exploiting people within their, you know, religion or sector. But mm -hmm. even though that, it's just basically kind of like both using the powers to push against each other because, you know, technically the what they were arrested for or taken in for might not actually be like 100% um, illegal. So it's kind of like political play. Mm. So is so, that a concern yeah. for because you're you're painting so, sort of a dark picture here is that a concern for people mm. every day in in the streets or is it more of a it's a know? concern for everyday people when they're in the news so right now i think everyone's forgotten about it again oh okay that that forgetfulness mm. <laughs> yeah um when when we were preparing the show you talked about your feeling that movements like uh you know we're still on the political uh, uh, topic here uh, you're feeling that movements like uh, the Brexit and the election of Donald Trump uh, could have been felt you know the same kind of um, popular uh, uh, well I guess movement uh, could have been felt in Thailand before uh, it happened in the UK even could you explain to us yeah. what happened yeah, I can explain on that a bit more clearer than what I... Um, yeah, I think when Brexit and Donald Trump movement happened, a lot of um, people here that didn't agree with what happened, you know, with the red shirts and stuff... Can you explain again the red shirts? Yeah. 
Yeah, I should go back. So I think um, we were in the news for the last maybe five, five years um, for about the so-called red chips. So what happened was, um, I'll try to be as neutral as possible, but what happened was um, we had a prime minister called Thaksin Shinawat. Uh, he became prime minister and then he gained a lot of power and he had a lot of, a lot of populist following for you know, his good work and actually paying attention to um, people outside of Bangkok. Um, I think I briefly mentioned how I stress that Bang- I'm in Bangkok, a Bangkok point of view and not the entire country. Um, after a while, he, he was actually the first um, prime minister to actually complete a full four-year term. And then he was re-elected again. And then afterwards, he was overthrown by um, the military, which actually happens quite often in Thailand. And um, the way he was overthrown, was um, leading up to it, was um, a yellow shirt, a group of yellow shirts, which basically comprised of people that were opposed to Thaksin himself. And the people of the yellow shirts are usually um, people from Bangkok, you know. And it was there was hate speech, you know, accusations about Thaksin that riled people in Bangkok up and um, wear the yellow shirts. At the time, before the mob yellow shirts, um, yellow shirt was associated with the king. So the leaders of the yellow shirt are, can be excused. Um, the reg- the opposing side accused them of using the yellow shirt to falsely um, use you know, loyalty to the king mm-hmm. as a way to oppose Tuxin. So they positioned Tuxin as the enemy to royalty. Right. Right. Basically and Tuxin using, was using the the monarchy as a yeah. symbol to to say if you're against us you're against the monarchy um, yeah exactly yeah. and they get a lot of strong support because people love the king um, the former right. king and then after, in retaliation after all that happened was um, Tuxin supporters which were the red shirts so the red shirts usually comprise of people from outside Bangkok um, you know we had a lot of re-elections and Tuxin's party always won and then there would always be red shirts and yellow shirts coming against each other. But um, again, mostly the yellow shirts are comprised of mostly people in Bangkok, so it's more easy to for the yellow shirts to you know, win in terms of populist movements inside mm-hmm. to overthrow government from inside. Um, you, so basically the military used the and you know the rilings of like um, of people inside Bangkok saying, okay, it's unsafe. The political situation is not in control. In control. We have to take over. Hmm. And since the and since the people in Bangkok are kind of in support of the military, the coups of taking over are always peaceful. There's no protest. There's no bloodshed. Hmm. And now hmm. they're in power. They're in power. And so how- the people refer people prefer, refer to it as a red shirt movement because because um, there's a time when you know. The people in power was not the military. It was um, by the political party opposed to Thaksin um, that gained power after he was, Thaksin was over, overthrown. Um, the red shirts gathered in, in the city. And um, there was a period where uh, they were dispersed and then there was set fire to the malls, to malls and you know, a lot of kind of inner city chaos of explosions and you know, a mini civil war. So that was kind of like the peak point of the confrontation. So, you know, we're not good at confrontation, so we actually do confront it gets really bad. <laughs> <laughs> right. We are not good at listening to other people's point of views. Mm. 
So how does that, how do you equate that with what's happened in the West with the, you know, more populist uh, movements of right. Brexit and Donald right. Trump? Right. So if we go into the details of the red shirt, yellow shirt, um, basically the, the Thaksin and the government was accused of buying votes with their policies. Um, and, you know, there's a sentiment of people in Bangkok saying, oh, you know, the people outside Bangkok, they're just not educated. You know, they just don't really understand how the world works. You know, even though it's act the truth, they don't, people in the city don't acknowledge it, the fact of like the troubles that people outside the city have. Um, they are, a lot of people are poor um, and not many people, they feel like they are left out and not people, they're not helped. Everything is in Bangkok. Um, no one cares about people outside. Um, the former king was loved simply because he had a lot of projects that paid attention to people outside the city. Mm. You know, there was a there's a sentiment there's a sentiment from people outside the city that they're not being taken care of, they're overlooked, they're being taken advantage of. You know, we're in Bangkok. We see like portraits, um, Maybachs, you know, said BMW Benz like everywhere. So a lot of rich, very, very, very rich people um, inside. At the same, at the same time, there's a lot of people, you know, living below minimum wage outside. And you know, no matter how hard they work, you know, they don't, they, they don't see their disillusion with if they can actually escape poverty. Mm. So, so is that... once, go ahead. Yeah. So once like Texas government came in, there's a lot of policies that were both populist, but he also had a policy. So you know, he actually went around and, you know, they felt like they were being taken care of, you know, people actually paid attention to them. So, you know, it's, it's just like people are voting and not the people who vote for him. It's just like saying, you know what? We just don't like how the way things work. Mm. We prefer, we just prefer like Thaksin's side of things. You know, we, we want change. This is the change that we wanted. Mm. So even though, even though, like the core people in the Bangkok, which might be considered more highly educated, um, didn't agree with it, um, they, the still the majority of the people in the country, did. You know, how stark is the difference in uh, income and I guess situation between Bangkok and and the countryside? Is it like? deep poverty still outside the the capital or the big cities or can people at least you know can they eat and do they have enough to survive but they don't have any comfort or is it like some people are starving to death mm, not people aren't starving to death fortunately but um they kind of or they are able to survive if they stay where they are, you know, but because fortunately we are an agricultural country. So food is not that much of a problem, but you know, it's not, um, if they, I think, I think if they did not expect, you know, if they did not want to raise their standards, they can have a living. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, their standard, if their standard of living is okay, if they don't aspire to anything. You know, um, it's 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 really interesting because I think the more I think about all of this, the more I don't see it as necessarily a a movement of people who are objectively rich versus people who are objectively poor. And I'm not just talking about Thailand here, obviously. Uh, but the more I think of it, 
the, the more it looks like uh, the inequality is a main motivation for uh, the unrest, you know? It, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a feeling of the people that are rich just keep getting richer and they don't, no one cares about the poor, mm-hmm. you know? Because, you know, we have like agriculture is like a big industry here. But the people that have the most power are like the middlemen that do, you know, the, I don't know what the English word for it, but the refine the rice and distribute it. Mm-hmm. But they just pay so, pay the farmers like so low. And it's never really been taken care of because of like the people that are rich are influential. So, you know, they watch the news and see like these people just keep getting richer, even though they yeah. work hard. They feel like no matter how hard they work, they just keep getting taken advantage of. You know what we got right after World War II in every country that was heavily impacted by World War II? We forcefully, and it was very expensive, we built huge middle classes. And that's what yeah. made societies work for, you know, over 50 years. And it seems like if you don't have a huge inclusive middle classes, no matter any other consideration of fairness of, uh, you know, communism or capitalism or the rules of government or anything, if you don't have mm-hmm. a huge middle class that you build artificially, yeah. even if you need to, then it's going to yeah. lead to some sort of conflict. Um, yeah, I agree. That has been mentioned um, in this, in like um, intellectual discussions about a lack of middle class. Mm. Um, I thought, uh, what I also have another, there's also another theory that I tend to um, believe is that uh, Thailand has not actually lost the war um, in, or at least a modern war um, and we have not ever really be, we've never been we're the only country in Southeast Asia that was not that did not belong to a foreign country mm. you know how you know France you know yeah, yeah, this country is occupied by yeah, colonies yeah sorry yeah, I was looking for that word Yeah, we were the only independent country. You know, we did not become a colony. So we never really had, we were never really suppressed. And in turn, we would never really had that feeling of a will to have to fight right. to get our country back to like its prime or anything like that. So our country, when compared to Southeast Asia, we are very well developed. But it's kind of like a feeling that we are not as, we're doing it dis- despite of us. Uh, despite of ourselves instead of because of ourselves hmm. maybe hmm. we could do better interesting um let's talk a little bit about some more uh trivial day-to-day things uh i was talking about mo- modern the modern aspects of society earlier i'm wondering about really dumb things like Does every household have a washing machine or a a dishwasher or, you know, these kinds of things? Or when you look at, do you even, are they even popular like American TV shows or movies and you see someone with a, a, I I don't know, like a coffee machine, you know, that does coffee in the morning. Do you think that's dumb (laughs) or do you think that's uh, something you'd like to have or you already have, you know? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, what do you want to start with? <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, appliances. What does the average uh, Bangkokese huh. family have as uh, appliances? So I would say washing machines and dishwashers are a bit of a luxury. Um, okay. So people, then yeah, just... how do you wash your clothes then? Is it uh, in the sink or... I mean, I, my, my family does have a washing machine, but I don't think... Okay, I think washing machines are a bit more common, but dishwashers aren't. 
So okay. we just wash them in the sink. Um, but it's common for you know people living in dormitories, condos, to just kind of use um, wash them in buckets. Right. Right. So um, a lot of the I would say like majority of uh, the average person, even in the city, wash it in you know in Bangkok, uh, wash it you know in buckets themselves. Because it's, you know, it's less. You don't have to buy a dish, uh, washing machine. It's um, cost less. It uses less water. Things like that. Mm. What about the coffee maker, like the Nespresso? Yeah, I guess coffee if you maker don't have a- is definitely a luxury item. Um, it's, <laughs> it's it's like you know, it's like the iPhone. It's like you if you have it, then you know you're living a good life. So about about Nespresso phones. is pretty new, actually. Oh, do you start drinking espresso now? Um, the Nespresso. Oh, oh the Nespresso. way we drink coffee. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, Nespresso. The way we drink coffee, like you Europeans would hate it. Um, we we drink it cold and sweet. A lot. We everything's sweet here and cold. I think it's because of the hot weather. Um, we intermix, you know, lattes, cappuccinos. Very people drink um, hot coffee. Mm. Well, I think you just described the Starbucks. I think it's absolutely fine. We'd we'd be fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like Starbucks, but it's like cheap Starbucks. Um, okay. Do you have Starbucks? Yeah, so do you have McDonald's? Of course you have McDonald's, right? We do, yeah. Is McDonald's kind of a fancy... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. McDonald's is a fancy. It's, um, okay, so the average dish of like a good meal, or, you know, a side um, vendor is about, I would say, 40, 40 Thai baht. So a little bit over a, one US dollar. Mm-hmm. So McDonald's is nowadays, it's like maybe 120 Thai baht. So that's like $3. So that's the price so of three regular uh, fast yeah. food meals. Fast yeah. food or regular yeah. meals? Um, they're regular meals, but they're fast. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's our version of the fast food. <laughs> okay, so how do you... But it's not manufactured, it's cooked. You know, the, 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 it's cooked the most at common, the place, yeah. Yeah, the most common type of restaurant for office workers is called um, made-to-order. You know, we call it made-to-order made places. Mm-hmm. So you go in and you just order whatever you want and they can make it. Oh, like they don't have a menu? Or I guess they do, but you can ask out of it? They have menu more as a way for you to brainstorm. <laughs> 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 so you don't actually need one. You know, you see this type of restaurant, just order. Okay. So Yeah, that's the most common type. Hmm. And that's like the, the 40... Bats, yeah, uh, type of meal. yeah, Thai, okay. Thai bat, yeah, Thai. that's the forty Thai bat. Okay, um, can you tell me a little bit of the your maybe yours or a uh, uh, normal worker's uh, day? You mm-hmm. you know, wake up. You have do you have breakfast? Do you take your car? Or public transportation? I don't know if you have you know if you take mm-hmm. buses or. Let's mm-hmm. go through your day. Yeah, I mean, I'll take you to the day of an average worker. Um, I, I'm not average because, you know, I, I run a company and I don't fix the time of coming in and out of my company. Right. But, you know, I would say a majority of people are still um, doing, you know, eight to five mm-hmm. office. So they would wake up. If you're not fortunate enough to live somewhere near um, a SkyTrain or an underground, then you take the bus, uh, which is very crowded, into the city. So I think the average commute, I wish it, commute time would be something like an hour and a half. An hour and work. a half, okay. And that's the an average. hour to an hour and a half. 
that's the average. Um, yeah. yeah, if you take if you have to drive in into the city, because the traffic's really bad. Um, since public transportation is not actually does not actually cover the entire area of, Bang- of Bangkok yet. Yeah, until recently, um, driving was also considered a status symbol. So people like even if they had like a SkyTrain near them, they might drive because it's more you know status. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but luckily recently people have gotten. It's just like the traffic has just been way too bad for them to worry about status. <laughs> so people have taken to sky trains. You know, um, sky trains in the morning. Um, I would say maybe a fourth of the time they break down because it's really? being used so much. Yeah, it's like they. It's, it's common for travel here. Travel from one place to another in Thailand is unpredictable because traffic could be bad all throughout the entire day. And also, even public transportation breaks down, as like the SkyTrain has mentioned. Okay. So yeah, so it's interesting in that it creates a culture of Thai time, which means that we're not um, quite. <laughs> sorry, what's the word for it? We're not on time. Punctual. Um, we're not punctual. Yeah. So it's it's common for people to be late because, and you know, we can always just say you know traffic is bad. Right. Um, even if maybe true. it wasn't. Maybe even if it wasn't. Yeah. Mm. So it's a culture of Thai time which drive foreigners lazy. I'm mean, sorry, crazy. <laughs> so right. so that's the morning. Morning is hectic. People are sad. You know, the trains are packed, kind of like if you imagine Japan. And then, you know, we might drop by a food stall, you know, the made-to-order places I mentioned um, for something to eat real quick um, before coming to the office because it's cheaper to just buy from those and actually make your own, buy to make your own stuff at home. Really? And then... Yeah, food is cheap. It's cheaper to buy outside than to actually make your own mm. food. So a lot of culinary is um, going away because less people know how to cook their own food. Right. Yeah, and it's also um, not not been turned into a form, formal kind of training um, in terms of Thai food. And I know Thai food is getting popular, but we don't actually have like you know correct ways to. It's not been turned formally into like okay, this is how you make. Really? Um, this type of dish yeah That's... and pe- we we don't like it you know some there, there's been like celebrity chefs that have tried it and they were looked down upon right like why would you that's not the way of the thai food thai food <laughs> yeah. thai food you just so, go and and do it yeah. and, and learn in the little shop in the street yeah 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 thais don't see thai food thais wouldn't go to a fine dining restaurant to eat thai food right okay yeah, but if you go into a mall, most of the restaurants are Japanese food. Okay. And then in, in terms of fine dining, there are some Japanese, but it might be more, you know, French, Italian, um, or steaks, things like mm. that. Okay. In, in hotels. Okay, so right, then so the, the worker gets into work? We get to work. Okay, we, then we gossip for an hour. Um, <laughs> I think that's the, that's the same in the entire world. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of in the office, it's um, similar. And expect that we have um, the average, you know, Thai office worker might be not, as I mentioned, not as productive. Um, we need to be, you know, there's a lot of politics gossiping. Um, even though, really. Yeah, we, we and then in lunch we would also walk outside the office. So you know, if you had, um, if you do a Google and had like lunch inside the building, it might not be popular. Um, we like our food. We like our variety of food. We like to walk around. Um, we don't like to stay in the building. Really? Um, okay. We like, yeah, we like to walk outside, get a breath of air. You know, 
while 15 minutes go into this type of restaurant we like they like office workers are very serious about planning what they're going to eat <laughs> okay and then who is coming and who is not you know they, so, they can also plan days ahead of what will be eaten in oh. friday for example something okay. like that so you go and as then, a group with yeah. your coworkers, and maybe someone yeah. who had been bad mouthed is not invited, and they're sad, oh, yeah. and then they start yeah. bad mouthing the others, and okay. Yeah, and if you don't go as a group, you look as weird. Okay, even if you, you know, don't when, want to. I'm a very yeah. I'm a loner, and I usually don't eat with people. I mean, it depends, but sometimes I don't eat with people from work when I used to mm -hmm. work in actual places with other people. Um, yeah. That was kind yeah, of you're okay, like me. but yeah, yeah, you're like me. Um, you're, uh, people always thought I was like hard to access, you know, mm. not hard to talk to because I didn't, I didn't want to eat lunch when everyone else was eating lunch. Right. You know, I don't like getting into queues. Exactly. You know, I like to go to restaurants that have queues because, like, because that means it tastes good. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the better one. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they like there. There's a lot of cues everywhere. You know, I, I hate mm. cues. Okay, so you go eat. How long is the lunch break? Um, for offices that are strict, um, it's an hour. Okay. Um, those kind of offices tend to also close their air conditioning during that hour to save energy. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. In my in my former company, when I was an employee, it could last. You know a bit more than an hour because it was a bit more flexible. Okay. But usually it's about an hour. And then we come to work and then um, if it's like an eight to five or a nine to five job, then at five straight, they get up and go home. So you, then you wait into the traffic. So you're not expected to like stay longer and, and work over time and like at no. five you leave. Yeah. Okay. That's good. If for like, for like a so-called Thai company. Right. Right. What about a Western company? International companies is considered. Um, yeah, I, I keep usually, saying Western. It's international. Yeah, Western is good. I mean, uh, we we actually say Western as well. I'm oh, just okay. Trying to All be right. you know Phew. more politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> actually, Japanese. You know, I would say Thai companies are a bit more flexible than what I just mentioned. Um, the most strict would be Japanese companies, so they actually have the Japanese work culture. Hmm. You know, being strict on time, punctual. Hmm. Um, so. I'll tell you about, you know, this might give you an idea of how Thais are, but um, there's a lot of Thais that go up idolizing Japan and Japanese culture. Um, and every single one of them that I know that managed to end up living there and working there always say that um, only travel to Japan, but don't actually work here. <laughs> because <laughs> Honestly, so, working in Japan yeah. is a bad experience for anyone, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, okay. it's, it's a special kind of place. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so you, yeah, you finish work. international companies, Western companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's usually considered to be more flexible. Um, usually, it's more flexible time. Mm -hmm. Even though, even though it's flexible time, um, it depends on your boss. But a lot of more of the bosses, like in my first boss, I came at eleven or twelve, and she didn't mind. Uh, when I changed my boss, um, she actually, you know, say, came to say like, you know, you should come in a bit more early. Even though the the rules are not say, say that I can come in late, <laughs> but if you came that late uh, in, mm. at eleven, did you also stay I mean, later to 
to yeah i stayed later and then okay. there were people that thought that i was such a hard worker because when they went home <laughs> um, i was still around <laughs> i'd be like the last ones out of the office they didn't realize i was also one of the last in the office <laughs> all right so when when they finish work uh they go through the hour and a half of traffic again which is sounds like a nightmare and yeah. uh and then how what do they do in the evening maybe on the weekends or yeah in the evening it might even be like two or three hours traffic tends to be even worse in the Jeez. evening um i think um before we get to the weekend i think i should also mention that there seems to be a lot of freelancers in bangkok um you know people that aren't actually like fully employed i think that because no matter where you go you know if you go into, no matter what time you go to department stores there's always people around <laughs> okay yeah Um, that aside, when we go to the weekend, um, as I mentioned, shopping malls everywhere. In the evening, after work, we usually go to malls. We don't always go directly to home. Um, I think that comes from the weather being hot. So, mm. yeah, back in the day, back before the modern day, the center of the villages was often um, Buddhist temples. Um, that's where everything took place. So we have like um, a culture of saying... Um, Buddhist events, and, right. uh, temple events. Yeah, we call them temple events if it's directly translated. And those are usually carnivals, you know, um, things that take place in the village. Nowadays, it's in malls. So, so the malls any are events, the, new, uh, the new Buddhist uh, the new temples. temples yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new Buddhist temples. <laughs> yeah, but when people want to meet each other, they go to malls that are inside the city. You know, if they don't, or if they don't have anything to do, they might go to a local mall nearer to their home. Mm. Um, they meet up each other up at mall, so everything's there. You know, movie theaters, restaurants, shop, shopping places. So, what do what kind of activity do they do for fun? Like, movies. is it movies? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, foreign movies, movies. Movies. Foreign movies. Um, the local movies are. There's usually a cycle of how popular they are. Um, the ones there's some, one or two production houses that always manage to make hits, but it's always feel good movies. Mm. Um, yeah, um, our movie, our local movies are pop pretty popular around the area. You know, they're exported to Taiwan. Um, Chinese people like some of them as well. Um, and you know, in Vietnam, we 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 I, I like to compare Thailand to as kind of like the United States of Southeast Asia. Really, <laughs> we're we're kind of the USA of Southeast Asia in that we. Um, No, we we think we are like well developed, um, a bit arrogant about what place we are, and then our culture is also um, per, permeates the, uh, the countries around here. So you know, people really? around here, yeah, people around here like like know and like Thai celebrities and oh, Thai music. You mean in in other other uh, in like you know in Vietnam, countries. in Laos, you know, mm. we, neighboring countries, Cambodia, you know, they actually copied out the, uh, the style and actual song of 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 our songs. Really? You know, Thais would be accused of copying, you know, taking, you know, like a Britney Spears song, changing the lyrics and saying it's ours. <laughs> but then the Laotians or I forget the countries where they would copy the, the Thais <laughs> down to <laughs> down to a T. So so, the, for example, there's this one band time where we took like, you know, an old pop idol mm -hmm. um, that's still popular and matched them with like um, a rock star. And they have this song. So we saw like. You would see karaoke's from neighboring countries where they also dress the same and took the same concept and have the same type of music. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, so music, movies, I guess everything is uh, similar to uh, to what we have here as well. Um, I want to finish with a little bit of specific tech conversation. Uh, I sure. think I heard an iPhone uh, sound earlier, so you must oh. be uh, a, a fancy <laughs> rich person. I bet you, you uh, secretly yeah. drive a, a, a Mercedes as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding, but uh, but so I'm guessing Android is the most popular platform in Thailand. As a country, yes, um, we have the our telcos permits, you know, those cheap Androids to uh, throughout the country. Mm -hmm. But in terms of tech, um, I think you could be it would be interesting for people listening. Um, the way we use our tech is very different. Um, I work in the in the field of. Um, So we are mobile first country. So what that means is that if you think about it before now in desktops, the way you actually access the internet to the desktops means you actually have to have one, a desktop computer, but also two, actually an internet network that permeates throughout the entire country. Mm -hmm. You know, and in terms of that landline network, we never had that. And also the people outside Bangkok couldn't afford a computer or understand why would they even need it for the first place. Right. So we kind of skipped the desktop generation Um, and people actually started coming online when cheap Android phones were accessible. So that's like five, seven years ago. Yeah, and I would even say in Thailand more about three, four years. So oh, wow. we have only really, we have only really started coming online three or four years. So you get patterns and behaviors that are interesting, such as people are very social media heavy. You know, um, we are like. People like to say, you know, you know Sayan Paragon, which is like uh, one of our malls, is the most checked in place on Instagram in the world. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's on Facebook and Instagram. Like if we had like 35, we have, our population is like six, almost 70 million people. And the amount of people online is something like 35 million. So if 35 million people had access to mobile phones, The Facebook would also show statistics to say that there are 35 million Facebook accounts in Thailand wow. and 35 million Thailand accounts in Thailand. So people here don't don't know what a web browser is and they don't know what an internet is. However, really? they know what Facebook is. They know what YouTube is. They know what Line is. So they know apps. They don't really know anything else. Yeah. I mean, if you go they, to people, they don't understand you know, the other side of the internet. Yeah. If you go to the people that are you know, not less tech savvy or people that are less educated or whatever that access these phones, you ask them, like, do you use the internet? They say no. You know, and then you see them watching um, Thai dra local dramas on the YouTube because they mm -hmm. don't know that's the internet. Right. Right. Hmm. So we're all, yeah, we're mobile first. Um, but yeah, okay, is. but you say, you say mobile first, but you have access to a web browser when you have a, a mobile Uh, yeah, but they don't realize it's a web it's a website or a web browser. They click yeah. the link through Line or Facebook. Line is a messaging app that's mm -hmm. popular here. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. And the way we buy online is we don't the people here don't understand how to use shopping carts. We buy through chat. Really? You know, and then yeah. That, so that's that's ago, the the field you're in. Uh, but you you buy yeah. through chat. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, and I like to talk about it because, you know, coming, sure, I sure. Used, ha, have, having used to live in the United States, I found it really interesting myself. Um, if you think about it, um, it goes back to being service-minded. 
And it goes back, relates to the trend I mentioned of people nowadays willing to buy local brands. What happened is that um, there's two factors coming to play here. Um, buying through chat is actually probably not just in Thailand, but emerging countries. Um, when I pitched my startup to like um, Europe or the USA, um, people didn't get it, but South Americans got it right away. Mm. Um, there's the two factors here is one um, payment. So, um, sorry, sorry, payment I'm going to interrupt you sorry. for just a second. When you okay. say buy through chat, I'm sure it's very obvious for, for, to you. And I have a okay. vague idea of, of what, mm -hmm. how it would work. But okay. yeah, can you yeah. describe it exactly? Because Yeah, yeah. So let's say I find a product on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I'm sure everywhere people use face, social media to advertise their products. But here, when we find it on you know, Instagram or Facebook, what would happen is we would message them in Facebook Messenger or Line um, to ask about the product. And then once they decide to buy, they don't go to a shopping cart. They just say, okay, tell me the name, the number of the bank to transfer the money to. So you would and have an employee of that store, shop, they, whatever, yeah, actually yeah. talking to you and saying, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they will give you the bank account number and then you would transfer the money and attach a slip, a receipt that's evidence that you've actually transferred the money. And then the service will say, okay, thank you for your service. We will send it to you. So that's for physical items, like pair of shoes, whatever. Mm -hmm. so and for digital items, we just pirate them. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it doesn't apply. Makes sense. Yeah, um, and sadly. It's, it's, get, it's gotten better, but yeah. Okay, so... Um, you you want the shoes you go to the the so it's not through a store it's through a facebook page for example yeah since we can buy through chat if you think about it you know um facebook is the easiest way and instagram social media is the easiest way to set up a storefront mm. if you don't need a shopping cart right right Right. Okay, so you, you see it anywhere, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. You see something, a, a message that shows a product you want. Mm -hmm. You message the account. You say, hi, I'd mm -hmm. like to buy it. Uh, right. They give you the account you have to send it to. You get out of the app. You go to your bank app. You transfer the money right. to, that, to that account. Right. Um, and then how do you get that proof of transfer to attach to the you you take a screenshot of really uh, yeah of the transfer like the time that it has been transferred and send mm -hmm. it to the seller so they receive it they check that they mm -hmm. received the money i'm guessing because it's instantaneous yeah. uh they right. see that they received it and they say okay thank you we'll send it to you and you exactly. hope that you're gonna get it and you didn't talk to a, a scammer but exactly. I'm guessing right okay i understand exactly. how it works now yeah but people people when i pitched this three years ago people considered it weird and thought that we would you know eventually use a shopping cart but the way i like to describe it is you know in the western world you always walk you'll have shopping malls and department stores but you know in developing countries like us we have markets and when people go to markets they don't pick a product and take it to the cashier we talk to the seller and we haggle the price so it's more natural for us to talk to someone And also the interface of actually talking to someone. If I had to teach my mom to buy something, I would tell her to chat to someone instead of telling her, teaching her how to use a shopping cart. Right, right. Okay, mm -hmm. so what does, 
your startup add to that system then if it's all available by chat and you can just send a picture we just make it more manageable um it's so it's more backend i guess yeah we, we just do the backend for them to be able to manage that we do invoicing um what you're going to see facebook roll out is actually you know um they call it um a product page and also um invoicing So what would happen is that you can actually, so Facebook pages will show products with prices, but once you press buy, it will actually be sending a message to the page instead of actually like a proper checkout. And then the next step to buy is, you know, um, the seller would be able to issue an invoice, which has the products and also um, the payment, uh, types of payment available to the buyer instead of, you know, so it's basically instead of the buyer at, um, using a shopping cart it's a seller creating a shopping cart for the buyer right right if you know yeah you follow mm-hmm. um that is basically what we built three years ago hmm. um yeah so yeah. so the the um uh store has to have a lot of people answering those chats it's like a call center yeah. it's a chat center yeah but our labor is cheap so we managed to mm. make scale it And those people use desktops or laptops. I mean, they don't use mobile phones. Um, both. So you can conduct that business through mobile phone. I mean, yeah. on on the on the store side, right? Yeah. To answer the clients. Yeah, if we are okay. on the go, because a lot of sellers, you know, they're working at the office. Um, so they their office might block Facebook, for example. Um, they use it through the phone. But of course, it's much more efficient if they use it on desktop. Right, right. And and the thing is, you need to have someone available all the time to answer people. And there are peak hours, I'm sure, between, you know, at noon and afternoon and stuff like that. So Yeah, it's a new call center. People chat instead of calling. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So, so definitely yeah, some products first. Sell to Yeah, some products that sell to mothers. Mothers would be messaging at like 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I think that's a, a pretty extensive view of uh, a lot of different aspects of Thailand. Um, is there anything else you'd like to talk about uh, to, to discuss or are we good? Um, I'm good. Um, I think, uh, do, you, do you have any questions? I think I'd just like to stress that we're just like carefree, happy people. Um, anyone's welcome to visit. I'm sure you'll have a good time. And um, we usually people who love like our beaches and lifestyle. I would advise you to just like stay away from Bangkok and just go to the <laughs> <laughs> go to either northern area where we have a lot of good mountains, or you know um, any beach. Um, usually through the south is nice. Yeah, I think. And, I, um, uh, I, I oh, know. there is one aspect I would like to talk about. Oh, sure, go ahead. Um, now that I talk about um, tourism, so it's kind of weird. Um, The way our political system is, you every now and then you hear about you know an explosion happening in the city, or you know the red shirts um, uh, violence in an area. Um, usually, it's safe even during those times. What happen when things happen? They usually stay in that area, and they don't actually spread out. Um, so I mean I don't know if it's good advice, but usually um, if you can you know you can ask me for example, things are usually normal even though in the news it seems like there's a big violence in the entire country. Well, there 
if you're bringing it up, there were a few, you know, a couple of years, as you said, maybe it was, yeah, a couple of years ago, um, things seemed like they weren't just a little bit of violence in a, a, a small area. Are you saying that, I mean, you mentioned yeah, even it that was, time. yeah, even at that even, time, even it was that relatively time when there were malls that were on fire, as long as you weren't in that area, you were safe. So that's, things are always safe around to travel to. You know, I don't know not, if that's a yeah. I, I'm not sure what to how to understand this. Does that mean that the political unrest wasn't as big as it seemed to be when we were looking at the news, or does it mean that it was like everyone knew there was political unrest and they didn't, you know? Ooh, what's Sorry. happening? Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. Sorry, yeah. um, because it seemed like it was kind of a revolution. In when we looked at the news, was it a really yeah, big yeah, yeah. thing, or I don't know? It's a really big thing. You know what? If you didn't, if you didn't stay in social media and you didn't go into like areas in the inner city, you might not even notice it. Wow. So how do um, you? Everything. How do you explain it? I think everything takes place in social media, and you know the political unrest. The way I would explain it is that again during that for that specific one in particular, um, it was the red shirts that were protesting and they weren't actually um, Bangkok, people in Bangkok. And I was, and you know, and again, back through the confrontation thing, if it wasn't actually in the area of confrontation, people didn't actually confront each other or feel violent about things mm. outside those um, danger areas. Okay. Hmm. And also um, we have a culture, I don't know what it is, but we have a culture of like covering things up. A lot of, I would say a lot of things, um, Thais are ignorant about because the media is not allowed to talk about it. For example, every once in a while, we might have a bomb warning um, in an inner city area. And then after a while, people will just forget that it happened and don't really know what, who or what um, laid it. You know, I don't know if you're describing a wonderful place or kind of a scary <laughs> place. <laughs> it's, it's, I would say it's scary if you think about it. You know, it's, it's, uh, we, I think our country is a classic example of ignorance is bliss. Mm. I think um, every people that follow us every once in a while might notice that every other year we will have, um, you know, people dressing up as Nazis. Oh, neo-Nazis, like, yeah, okay. But as, like, for cosplay. <laughs> you know, okay. there might be a parade where the concept was people were Nazis and have Hitler for fun. So it, um, right, it, so it wasn't an ideological thing. It was just that's the theme for today. They just thought it was cool. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think that's an example of how our culture is in terms of like what I mean by in terms of ignorance is bliss. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that's uh, definitely, definitely an interesting uh, look at Thailand. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, there's a lot of things I didn't quite uh, understand. So thank you for painting that, uh, that picture. Obviously, as a tech head, I think the mobile first aspect was the one that struck me the most. But uh, Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you very much for being on the show with us, uh, Letad, for, for spending the time. Um, is yeah. there any, if anyone listening is interested in uh, in your your work or what you do online, do you have somewhere you can send them? Or, or uh, uh, yeah, are I'm you on Twitter active? at, at Letad, although I'm not um, an active tweeter. I'm there to you know, to retweet. That's where I retweet everything. Okay. Uh, yeah, my company. If you're interested, is in is 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 called Sosuki S E L L S U K I. Um, it's on my Twitter profile. If you want to check it out, um, it's built more towards for the local area. But 
I think that if you're interested in where conversational commerce is headed, I think um, you might get an idea if you check out the product. Excellent. So you'll be uh, uh, your Twitter account will be available in the show notes, of course, so you can go there and check that out. Um, thank you very much. And uh, for me, of course, as you know, it is uh, my name is not Patrick on Twitter and on Facebook. You can find uh, the show at Frenchspin.com along with uh, another show about video games, if you're interested in that. Uh, and if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. Uh, that's where you, can, you have the um, campaign to uh, financially support the show. If you wish to do that, uh, please uh, at least, you know, consider it, think about it, think if the show is worth it. Uh, if you want to support it in other ways, one thing you could do is go leave a uh, review on iTunes or on your podcasting app of choice that always helps spread the word. So um, that's also appreciated. Thank you very much for listening to us. And we will be back in uh, at the end of the month with a regular episode. I'm sure we will have a lot of interesting conversations there too. Thanks again, again, uh, Letad and talk to everyone soon. Bye. Goodbye. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out, everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 